Hey, Hannes, my new book, Pit to LAX, My Storyworthy Life, is coming out March 25th. Yes, and I have seen the uh, pre-copy, or what is that called? It's the called the, galley- proof. The, the proof. The proof, the proof. It's fabulous. It's like, it's it looks gorgeous, of course, designed by uh, Carolyn Burnetto. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback about the book, and it makes me feel really good, because I thought at first, like, I didn't have a story about coming to Los Angeles, but that is the story, because there are so many people sitting in their right. hometowns a bunch of stories, that yeah. want to come to Los Angeles, and they don't do it. And, and they don't so, have to have come to Los Angeles. They just need to have gone somewhere else. Yeah, in they other words, to... breaking out of your comfort zone and pushing forward and being optimistic and trying your best. So head on over to storyworthymedia.com, and you can pre-order the book right now. It's only 10 bucks, $3 shipping and handling. I will personally sign it for you. And the first 100 people that buy the book get a free gift. How about that? Wow. Is it a sext? I'm not going to tell you what the gift is. Okay, fine. Story-worthy media. The best in story-driven content. Hey, it's Ellie Noss from Atomic Moms Podcast, and you're listening to Story-worthy. Welcome to the Story Worthy Podcast. Here are your hosts, Christine Blackburn and Hannah Finney. Welcome to Story Worthy. My name is Christine Blackburn, and I'm here with Hannah Finney, and we're coming to you from Freighter's Memorial Hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because that's where I was born. I had a feeling that's where you were born. You know, I was born in Butler County Hospital, <laughs> outside that of Butler, like a barn PA. of some kind. I yeah. don't think the I think the word hospital was in quotes. No, it was it was but, uh, Butler County Hospital. Yeah, it was a tiny little hospital. How big is the place we're in here? Oh, big. How big? No, it's a normal-sized, large hospital. I see. Now, what it was like when I was born in the 1800s, I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps there was a prairie, you know, some wind going by, and uh, Neil Young was singing. I don't know. <laughs> All right, you guys. Hospital. I guess we're coming from the hospital because uh, we're talking yeah, about— topic is having a baby. Having a baby, and you were born here. Yes, I was born in a hospital. You were born in a hospital, like a normal people. But apparently there's—I <laughs> hear there's a problem. Well, there, amongst, what do you mean there's a problem? The ladies— well, by arguing about how to have your baby. Oh, That's oh, what you were telling oh, me. God, I wasn't going to jump there, but... Um, oh, okay. Okay, okay, well, no. Okay, so our, our guest tonight, Ellie Noss, she's here, and her topic is having a baby. But you're right, Hannes, there are many, many ways to have a baby nowadays. And I think women do get judgmental toward one another and about what their choices are. Yeah, and like we know, we have a friend, Wendy... Uh, or we can beep her name if she doesn't want. She uh, had her baby in a big pool in her living room. Yeah, they, they brought, brought in a hot big, tub. They brought in a hot tub. And hot she tub. had a baby one Too night. Too hot in a hot tub. It was and, like, uh, do you want to watch TV or you want to have a baby? She's telling you the story, basically, but I was there. And uh, she's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, she's like basically completely naked in her living room with her husband and two other people that she's never met, like a midwife or something. Well, first of all, what what should she have on? What are no, you talking about? No, you're right. Of course she shouldn't have anything on. But it was like just weirdness. Like before you're like having the baby, you're just kind of sitting there like, yeah, so we're going to swing or what? I don't know. It's no, like, I don't think it's like, I, 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 I can tell you for sure it's like, not like that, Honest. I mean, I, you you're know. You're saying a woman in extreme pain who's dilating to yeah, 10 centimeters is not in the mood to swing? No. That's not what I hear. 
the point is, because of what, what do they call it, Hannes, the information age? The information. There's so much information out there that now we're talking about different ways to we're have a baby. So you could business. have it. It's called the judgmental age. Naturally, just, you can have a scheduled C-section. You can have it, you know, the by- scheduled C-section. I got to say, I'm a little judgmental on that, just like- if you have to have a C-section, of course, you have to add, like, you had a C-section. If you if you need a C-section, absolutely. But women who are just doing it like, well, it would be inconvenient for me to have this baby next week. Okay, number gonna, one, it's yeah. a medical procedure, no matter how you look at it. So yeah. why would you ever judge how somebody does their medical procedure? Oh, I'm an asshole. I mean? I'm sorry. Have you oh, not been listening too. for the last no, four years? No, but also, it just seems to me, that, like... Who cares, man, about well, somebody's is, choice? No, see, <laughs> this is a, people were always judgmental, but we didn't used to know. Right, we didn't have the information. Now everybody's now, so narcissistic, and everybody puts it out there what their decisions are, somehow making their choices right. more and valid so this than is the another's. Problem. The problem is not that you made a decision that maybe some person disagrees with. The problem is you put out, you put out as a public post, "I'm having a C-section next Monday." People write their petty disagreements, and then you get mad. Well, why did you tell us? Yeah, right. Don't leave us out of it. Why do we need the details? Yeah, leave us out of your uh, your vaginal information. I am not going to tell my birth story because if you'd like to hear that, you head over to the Kira Sultanovich show. Yeah, uh, she has a parenting podcast as well, yes. and she and I told my story on that show. And you told so, this story about seventy five times, and so. it's kind of yeah, and it's kind of depressing. But I will say, I had the emergency C section yeah. after being in labor for thirty five. Hours. I never dilated. I never got to that point where so you know where the closed up. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> the point is, uh, like a, nothing like was a... coming through. And anyway, and, and it was a really Wait, unfortunate. You never dilated at all. No, I did, but only to like some, like six, six six inches. No, six, six centimeters. Inches. Wow. <laughs> the point Wowie, is, wow, my wow, baby wow. was born at Cedars, and you know that's supposed to be and is a very famous, uh, well-renowned hospital. However, I had a very bad experience there, and but again, it was my personal. You know, but you, experience. But you, yeah, but was it a bad experience because they did it wrong? It was a bad experience because you didn't dilate. It was a bad experience because my obstetrician messed up. She should have, uh, I was 41 when I had my baby. Yeah. She should have insisted on the C-section before she let it get to the point it got in which my baby was born floppy, yeah. meaning that she wasn't breathing and yeah. they had to intubate her. Yeah. And I was put out. So I, I I wasn't even aware of the birth. And my daughter had to spend a week in the NICU. And right. I had to and I had to spend a week in the hospital. Right. So they kind of And as sad it. as this all is, you are telling us the story you just said you weren't going to tell us. Oh, God yeah. damn it. It just you can't help it, can you? Well, I, that's the brief that's the no, truncated version. But the yeah. point is, is like once the baby's here, yeah. nobody really cares anymore how that baby came out of you. You're right. Well, that's exactly true. The story is like moot. You know but what I mean? Also like, like, But it's funny that we have so many ways. It's like people obviously have been giving birth to human children for millions of years. Crouching in a before field. Before there was any doctoring whatsoever. And yes, people would die in childbirth. But I think people, I, I'll bet that before there was like, you know, you watch Game of Thrones or something, and it's like, you know, there's, there's a midwifing, and they're going to have a baby, and the woman dies in childhood. I bet when they were out in the rice fields, almost nobody ever died. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to— I, like I, how, I don't believe you. Animals, I think you're wrong. How many—you you think I'm wrong? I think you're how wrong. How many, like, dogs and cats die in childbirth? That doesn't seem like— We're not dogs and cats. 
We're animals. Oh, I guess. I, I don't know. Look, I don't know. Two nipples, eight nipples. It's all the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. Ellie Noss is here tonight. You know, she has a podcast, Hannes, and it's called, called Atomic Moms. I have Moms. nipples. It's a it's very specific podcast. Atomic Moms. But Atomic not Moms. just moms have to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've listened to many of the shows. And, you know, I think it's uh, really for any parents. Right. And not just parents. Is it for and any woman or for a parent? Women, Is a man ever going to uh, listen to this? Yeah, sure. No, there's okay. men on the show. They've had Dr. Drew on the show for that matter. Dr. Drew? Dr. Drew, the man himself, the wow. silver fox. The silver fox. Was there a baby <laughs> with a uh, cocaine problem that he had to deal with? <laughs> That's exactly right. He had to talk down the he baby? He was talking to a, a baby, baby like in, in utero. Like in that movie where the baby's on the ceiling? <laughs> oh, What the hell was gosh. that movie? The Exorcist? No, no, the drug movie. The English oh, drug yeah, movie, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, train the, spotting. Train spotting, yes. That was that a was crazy freaked scene, out. Man. That was That was like, okay. How did we get there? Uh, anyway, Atomic was- Moms, it's a parenting podcast that she shares with her co-host, and her name is Bianca... Kylik. Yeah, Bianca Kylik. She's an actress, Bianca Kylik, she owes me money. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it's a great new show, and it really covers a lot of the current issues with parents. And it kind of, um, they come at it from the point of view as a woman empowered parenting now. This isn't about parenting in the 70s or 80s or 90s. This is new, fa- you know, it, it, new situations. Mm. It's good. You're, you're bored. You're, you're rolling I'm not, your eyes. I'm not bored. I'm just thinking, and this will sound like I'm criticizing your podcast, but it's like we always, there's always new stuff to deal with. But every generation of any kind, whether it's parenting or going to school or what, we always think we're coming up against problems that have never even occurred. I know, but can I just tell you something? If you're pregnant or you just had one child, all this information is that new to you. Well, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, in other words, these guys, they don't have to get the market for everybody over the last 15 years. They just need the women in the first two years of having their child because right. that's going to be their audience. And so and it is new information for them. I'm just thinking of it flashing to somebody found at some job I had an old, a book of like baby rearing from like 1935. Mm-hmm. And one of the points was that your baby needs vitamin D, the which sun. you can get from sunlight. Right. So you just take your baby. You would just you want you to just take your baby and put <laughs> it outside in the direct sunlight for an hour every day. Yeah. With leave, like no sunscreen or leave anything. Leave your just, baby on the just step. leave your baby in the sun because yeah. it's good for it. Yeah. So how many sunburned? Sun ca- skin there cancer is something to be said for that, though, because if you see how pasty white the people are, oh in, no, you know, I, I England, believe that. It's yeah. like you know everybody could use some Southern California light. You know what I mean? Oh, I just got back from uh, Seattle, driving from Seattle through Portland, and it's like, it really is. It's a cliche. It's so fucking dark up there in the yeah. Northwest. It's so dark. The light is All just the different. Time. The light is All different. The, I, I learned a new. I learned a new phrase that they use in weather up there. It's called sunbreak. Sunbreak, and what's that mean? That when the, the sun, sun comes out for a second, for like ten minutes at a time. Oh my god! And and it's like, oh, and that's my. it. Yeah, that's and it. And they look forward to that. Yeah, and Ugh. you know, the sun comes up, you don't know it. The sun goes down, you don't know it. It's just You dark. should write a song, Hannes. With a pickup truck <laughs> and my, my C-section baby. All right, so Ellie is going to tell us about how she had a baby or about having her baby. Uh, and so we'll and we'll learn something there. What about hypno when people get hypnotized and have a baby? Have you heard of that? I haven't. That sounds very, sounds smart to me. Yeah, right? Because that doesn't involve a whole bunch of drugs and... You know, uh, stuff that, no, that, I, I'm sure that the human mind can, is so powerful, much more powerful than a drug. So if you can be hypnotized to not feel the pain, I, I think it's that would just, be awesome. Yeah, the thing is though, is your pelvis is splitting. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's where right. the pain well, comes when, in. You no, know, I understand that. But what if you could be hypnotized into not feeling your pelvis splitting? 
Yeah, I know. But that's like saying then, you know, if I, it just, it, that doesn't make sense. Pain is pain. No, but pain, pain is only the reaction of your body to stimulation from your reaction of your mind to the stimulation of nerves. Yeah. Your brain is basically a giant electronic computer, a chemical electric computer. So if it can be, now I don't think everybody can be hypnotized and not feel pain, but I think some people can be hypnotized to the point where you could hit them with a hammer and they wouldn't feel it. They'd feel it later. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to be like, wow. Well, I will, say, I will and say that. you talk like Jerry Lewis. I remember feeling one contraction. That's it. And after that one contraction, I was like, you got to pump in that epidural a little faster, I know, a little when, harder. Because that was. They're all like, you know, I want to give birth. Like I was just like, dead. no, thank you. Like, you motherfucker, better put some cocaine in me right now. That's Uh, what I hear from the ladies. All right, you guys. Ellie's on her way up here. But before she comes on, I did want to mention that, Hannes, my book drops this week. March 25th. It will not rip your pelvis. Is the book. It's coming out this Wednesday, March 25th. And March 26th, Thursday, is my book release party at Skylight Books in Los Feliz. So, folks, if you happen to be in Los Angeles, come on by Skylight. Thursday night at 7.30. We're having a party. We're having a book signing. And Three you should epidurals come. for all. That's what I'm saying. Uh, all right, you guys. Also, follow us on Twitter at StoryWorthy. And, of course, we're over on the Facebook and, and uh, the Patreon. And the Instagram. The Instagram. The Instagram. Now. We're, we're down the with the Instagram. We're By on the all way, that I stuff. I personally have joined Instagram, which is how you know Instagram is over. <laughs> it's all over. All right, you guys. Hang tight because Ellie Noss is on her way here. Next time on Storyworthy, we have comedian and author Greg Barrett. And I'll be talking about the time I had a nervous breakdown at Caroline's Comedy Club in New York City. That's next time on Storyworthy. Yo, what's up? This is Polly Shore, and you are listening to Storyworthy, so do not go anywhere. And we're back. We've left Freighter Memorial Hospital and gone to my favorite restaurant in uh, Milwaukee, Elsa's on the Park. Mm, that sounds it's, like a hospital kind of a restaurant. No, no. It's a very hip place, and it is right on a small park downtown called Jefferson Square, mm. right by the cathedral. It's very nice, actually. Why do you talk about Milwaukee with such longing? I mean, if you love it so much, I'm just Why saying. Why don't I just marry it? Now well, that well, a man can marry a man, and a man can marry a city, and a dog, and a man can marry anything? <laughs> I know. I mean, no, I, I remember, what I remember is what I love about it. And very conveniently, as the human mind is wont to do, repress all the memories of what I didn't like. I never didn't like the city. I'm yeah. just, I'm pissed that I grew up in what essentially is a really awesome place and was so depressed I couldn't enjoy it. Interesting. That and so really you keep, like, re- re- that's interesting yeah. though. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then you like, refer back around, to like, that and you keep trying to, pretty nice. you keep Why trying to so do unhappy? it over. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you do it over, maybe it'll be correct. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's all coming together. Now I have to order a pork tenderloin. All right, you guys. Ellie Noss is here right now. Like we said, she's a writer and an actress. And you know, Hannes, she's actually been a blogger on the Huffington Post. That's a big deal. That's a good deal. She's you also know, you could say she's birthed blog posts. <laughs> she's also the co-creator and host of the parenting podcast, Atomic Moms, like we said. You've also seen her on Made of Honor, which is a Sony production, The Rocker by 20th Century Fox, Undateable on NBC, and Happy Endings on ABC. Undateable. That means she is an actress, Honest. What a working actress. That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. She also has a web series called Chelsea and Kelsey and also Married, Single, Divorced. You can find her on Twitter at Ellie in LA. All right, you guys, wherever you are, put your hands together for Ellie Noss. 
Hi, guys. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to be sharing all my business. I'm going to be sharing my birthing story that Hannes does not want to hear about. But he's going to have to sit here because it's his job. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be reading you um, our birthing story. Hunched over my belly, shaving the bikini line I can no longer see, I have a come-to-Jesus moment in the shower. This human is actually going to have to get out of me. Of course, I've known this intellectually, in the way that we all know we're going to die, but I haven't strategized how exactly I'd like this to go down. Over the next few weeks, I get it stuck in my thick skull that having a natural birth is a good idea. This is stupid for a multitude of reasons. I like pain drugs. I hate discomfort. I take a Vicodin to get a bikini wax, and I take a shower before going to the gym to sweat in air conditioning. I am not exactly an optimal candidate for natural birth, but I'm compelled to try it. People travel the world. They skydive in order to feel alive. Hell, I'll just push out a baby. I'm not opposed to an epidural, but I experienced temporary paralysis a few years ago when I had surgery to remove a massive but benign tumor. And while my baby is also rapidly multiplying cells feeding off of me, I'd like the similarity and experiences to end there. My husband, Adam, and I sign up for a four-week hypnobirthing workshop my OBGYN recommends. It'll finish up a couple weeks before our September 26th due date. This worries me, but everybody swears your first baby comes two weeks late. Our dry cleaner, Bob, swears <laughs> we'll have an October baby. And then two weeks before my due date, I get an email from my commercial agent. The subject line is Hertz Audition, and my agent writes... They want really pregnant-looking women for Hertz rental cars? Like, ready to give birth tomorrow? Ha ha. Can you send me a more recent pic? They decide not to call me in for the audition. I'm giving birth in two and a half weeks. How much closer do you want to get? Thus proving that in Hollywood, you can be exactly what they're asking for, and they're still too stupid to take a look. And I feel so strongly about this, I actually give birth the next day to call their bullshit. <laughs> Around 7 the next morning, I waddle to the restroom. After I wipe, flush, and stand, I feel a trickle down my leg. Did I just piss myself? Or did my water break? I call my doula. For those of you who don't know, a doula assists in the labor process. She's like a hippie baby wingman. She encourages us to go for a walk around the neighborhood to make breakfast and to pack our bags and then to call the doctor. And then she asks, do you have a vibrator? Affirmative, I do have a vibrator. <laughs> Orgasms can bring on contractions. No, 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 not contractions. Hypnobirthers don't have contractions. They have surges or waves. They don't experience pain, but rather pressure. A wave is completely different from a contraction. At any rate, orgasms would summon the waves. I pull out my vibrator, which has been tucked away in the locked drawer in the closet where valuables would be if we had any. We don't have valuables. We have shameables, like my vibrator. <laughs> I plug it in, and then I remember the workman downstairs. I'm having the entire downstairs painted and worked on the guest room so family can stay with us. And when I scheduled workers in my nesting hysteria, I didn't know they'd be two weeks late and the baby would come two weeks early. I get her done. Labor progresses. Waves. And we head for Cedar sinai Hospital. As we drive towards the hospital, my contractions, or waves, come more regularly. We try to get a hold of our parents, but no one picks up, and we don't want to leave voicemails. I also don't want my husband feeling the need to give updates all day. It's just too much performance pressure. Okay. Not to be a critical mother before our child is even born, <laughs> but she really could have picked a better birthing day. 
to recap, my water breaks two weeks early. We're in the middle of home construction that's running two weeks behind, and we've only had two birthing classes. But here's the kicker. It's also the anniversary of the worst day in American history. My mother-in-law emails us that evening, having no idea that we are in the throes of labor, exclaiming, thank goodness you didn't have a September 11th Bambino. Thank goodness, except we did. As we drive down Hollywood Boulevard, I think, you know, the hospital's not going to feed me, and I really want an In-N-Out burger. It turns out that noon is an inconvenient time to be laboring in a drive-thru. The line is long. My contractions quicken. When I'm not writhing in the front seat or stuffing my face with fries, we discuss names. That's right. We still haven't agreed on a name. Just so you get an idea of what I'm working with, have you ever seen the beginning of the movie Due Date when Robert Downey Jr. shoots down all the baby names his pregnant wife pitches him? My husband wrote that movie. (laughs) Originally, I campaigned for Liberty. But now that her birthday is September 11th, it's two on the nose. Grace is my all-time favorite name, but Adam says it's too popular. I think he probably did something disgraceful things to Grace back in college. Adam campaigns for Sabrina, but whenever he mentions it, people roll their eyes and say, like the teenage witch. While checking in at the front desk, we notice it's pretty quiet. Nobody schedules a C-section on September 11th. (laughs) Once we're situated in the hospital room, the nurse asks to check how dilated I am. But once you put something in me, I'm on the clock because of risk of infection, right? Yes, she says. Okay, we'll hold off. All right, she says nervously. She's cute and young and wears teal blue scrubs and pearl stud earrings and speaks in that people-pleaser voice of a girl who got straight A's and not enough hugs. She reminds me of me. Just let me know, she says, when you'd like to be checked. It makes her nervous not knowing how far along I am. Actually, I really need to go to the bathroom, I say. Oh, okay, like, like, like I feel like I have to take a shit. Okay, okay, because, you know, that can be a sign that you're about to have your baby. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the in and out. <laughs> My contractions have been steady since we checked into the hotel room, but once the doula arrives, it's like the baby knows it's go time, and we head for the bathtub. In the tub, I can feel my surges before they come. It's like paddling out on a surfboard. There in the distance is the biggest wave you've ever seen. You sense it coming, and you can't escape it. You can't out-paddle it. It's too big to surf. You're going to be pummeled. And all you can do is breathe in while you can and let the wave take you. If you're limp and ride it out, tumbling in its violence, trusting that you will eventually reemerge for air and that there will be serenity again, you will make it. If you are rigid and try to fight it, it will beat the shit out of you. I think, sorry, baby, but you are not having any siblings. And I open my eyes and there's a new nurse. She has cropped gray hair. Her name is Dawn. She's kneeling in her scrubs next to the tub. And I imagine her tilling the land on a Wisconsin farm. She's strong and earthy. As I sense another surge coming, I reach out for her hand. She holds it. We haven't spoken a word to each other, but looking into her eyes, I know I'll be okay. And then I get that feeling like I have to take a shit. And the nurse, Dawn, plunges her hand into the water to check how far along I am, and she decides it's go time. The nurses hurry me, slippery and naked, towards the hospital bed. Nurse Dawn situates my husband behind me on the bed. I'm butt naked. He's still in his wet swim trunks from the tub. I've managed to get my pink fuzzy eye mask back on. I don't think I want to see this part. I can hear machines rolling around on the cold floor. I hear feet patter and scrubs swish between legs. One of those scrub swishers is my OBGYN, but I'm wearing my eye mask so I can't see her. Our doula records our birth on my husband's phone. Believe me, this is not a birthing video that would be shown in birthing class. Look at all that hair, the chorus of nurses say. 
I should have gotten a bikini wax, I think. I was too scared of the pain of a bikini wax, and yet I'm having a natural birth. Whose stupid idea was this anyway? And then I realized they're talking about the baby's hair, not mine. They can see the crown of her head. Relax if it's time, says my doula. No, I keep pushing. I push past the urge to push. I try to force the push. As illustrated by the pop to blood vessels in my face the next day, it turns out you can't force a baby out of you. You have to let it happen. Why is the universe teaching me again and again that brute force isn't enough? You've got it, Ellie, my doula says. You are so powerful. I hear someone whisper, she's so close. So I push, gasp for air, and then push again and gasp some more. It's been 40 minutes of pushing and I'm not breathing. Nurse Dawn gently raises my chin and puts her hand on my chest for me to breathe into. I breathe in and lean back on my shirtless and bewildered husband and give over all control. I can't be the captain of this ship anymore. I have no choice but to give it up to the gods and give in to the supportive women in scrubs circled around us. And that's when it shifts. I get a second win that has nothing to do with me getting what I want. I can't manipulate or strong arm the situation because I'm not the boss. I'm not the captain of the ship. I'm a vessel for this life inside me. The doula says, she's doing beautiful, Ellie. It's a good time to take off your mask, love. (laughs) Her head is right there. Put both your hands down for me, Ellie. I I take off my eye mask, but keep my hand clutched to my chest. I don't want to touch my baby until she's really here. If I touch her before she's all the way out, maybe she'll get spooked and burrow back inside me and never come out like Groundhog Day. Now I'd like to take a moment to rewrite history and share that my daughter came into this world and the first sound she heard was her mother giving a peaceful sigh out. I whispered, ah... But my daughter does not enter this world, hearing her peaceful mother sigh. She hears her mother's yelp of surprise, a yelp that conveys, "Ah, it's alive! I gather up the courage to reach down and bring my gorgeous, slippery daughter to my chest. My husband, still sitting behind me on the bed, laughs with relief. He's giddy from lack of oxygen. It's the first time he's breathed in nine hours. The nurses and doctors say she's beautiful. Oh, she's perfect and happy birthday. The very first thing I say is, oh my God, it's over. And then, hi, sweetie, I whisper, I love you so much. Oh, my God, it's over. I love you, baby. You worked so hard, baby. Oh, that really hurt, baby. Here's my perfect little baby who looks nothing like my husband and suspiciously like our handsome contractor. She has a full head of hair, a 1960s mod cut, exactly the same as Audrey Hepburn in the film Sabrina. Shit. My husband wins. We'll name her Sabrina. One of the nurses fills out paperwork with the time of birth. 2100. Really? On the dot, says my doula. Then I say, 9 p.m. So technically, I say as the dumbfounded women stare at me. I'm going to have to spell it out for them. It's September 12th, East Coast time. So couldn't we make her birthday September 12th? The answer is no. My daughter's birthday is September 11th. She picked the day. She already knows what I've had to learn over these several years. We live in a world of opposites where the most terrible and the most wonderful coexist. That's what the human experience is, isn't it? It's painful and joy-filled. It's shitty and it's oh so awesome. Yay! That was so beautiful. 
Thank you. Thanks. That's like the perfect way to have a baby. It was wacky. You are so fortunate. I'm so, so fortunate. So lucky. And this is your husband's yeah. first baby. First baby. How wonderful. <laughs> this is like the best story. My image of her husband there is like, you know when they have like a male guest on The View? Yeah. And, and he's, he's surrounded so by women that are like, oh my God. And he's just looking back and forth like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. Barack Obama, he's like, I don't know what the fuck to say. No, it was so insane because he was in the bed. In did his anybody swim yeah. trunks in the hospital Did anybody bed. give him a shirt or did he? No, he was just, he was did shirtless. He a great body. The we girls this, were like, oh, we don't have a shirt for yeah, you, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Bodybuilder. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. but seriously, he's like in boxer and he's in his he's bathing in suit. in his bathing suit and I'm butt naked. <laughs> and we have this amazing photo that I made all the women take. I was like, everyone get, you know, so oh he's behind me in the bed. I'm on the bed with him and then our baby and then all the nurses and my OBGYN and doula yeah. are behind and we take this ridiculous photo which I probably won't share because it just it's so insane no one at Cedars had seen uh, a birth quite as bizarre as mine I mean it was sort of like Swedish torture porn at multiple <laughs> points like we have some photos from the doula where I'm like this is a not this doesn't look how good how long were you in yeah. labor um, my water broke around 7 a.m. and I had her at 9 p.m. Wow, that's that's By the a way, great. It's, so 14 hours. Yeah. Or 14 it's funny to me that you went to the wonderful. in and out because the line in and out is ever, all days is so long. You could have been, you could have gone there, you could have conceived the child, you could have gone through nine months and had the I baby know. before you got <laughs> to the window at In and Out Burger. It's, it's completely so, insane. It's so insane, and um, that was we risky. didn't know what time it was, yeah. and. But I think that's because I was delaying going to the hospital. I think I was nervous about going to the hospital right. and I was stalling and I was hungry and I ate the entire burger and all the fries. And we actually took a little iPhone video while we were in the drive-thru. Yeah. That is just such a beautiful story. I have to say, I think it's part of your youth. Part of it is your youth. Mm -hmm. How wonderful to have a child at your age in terms of a healthy birth. How old were you when As you, you get child? older, you know, it's just, it's more difficult. Yeah, I was 30 and yeah. it does get more difficult. And it was just, I've spent years now, I've been on this sort of quest to calm down because I'm a very anxious person. Oh, good, person. have a baby. That always works. Right. Well, that was kind of the final test. But a baby does ground you. I mean, it, and it yeah. super, super grounds so you. So it felt like a lot of the things that I did to figure out how to calm down um, were helpful in the delivery process and would be even if I had a C-section because again like that would have been okay with me like you I yeah. I think the big thing is be open to whatever happens like there's yeah. a lesson in everything and and yeah. I get man that I was so lucky and well, um, they ask you like what's your birth plan like what's your plan in an ideal world you know what what would you not really poop in front of people but that never really works they like always poop and really what you I'm sure you imagined happening is what happened no well, I think I didn't imagine September 11th I thought I would oh, I have see. all of my birthing class there was a, oh, so I many see. things the that two weeks didn't early the, yeah. I, I didn't know how and to then push. To, to have an orgasm with the workman downstairs. By the way, that was the exciting. orgasm thing, I know that. You know how I know that? From an episode of Mad About You. Oh, oh, really? I get all Hilarious. my information about life from That's sitcoms. So from, from 90 sitcoms. But you know, yeah. and, and Adam had to say to me, look, you because we had I'd been listening to these hypnobirthing tapes at night, trying to reprogram sort of my subconscious about it. And um he said, because I got all wigged out that she was early, that it was September eleventh, that the there was all these construction workers downstairs. I was like, this is not the plan, man. And he was like, you know what, Ellie? You have a choice right now. You can let all of us wig you out. Yeah. Or you can focus on what. Well, the baby's coming out, like for. you said. You're not the captain of the ship. No, you're the not the captain of the ship. And I kept saying, 
to myself, I had done this crazy uh, silent meditation retreat for a week, a uh, year or two before that. And, and so I kept thinking like, this is only a day. This is only a day. I mean, for some people it's multiple days, but I, yeah. I was, I just kept thinking like, okay, this is one day. And you know, it's weird, but, and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like having had a crazy bone dissolving tumor and learning how to walk again and stuff. Like I just, that toughened me up a little bit where I was like, okay, well, whatever happens, happens to me. And like, yeah. I'm not in control. I had learned that lesson at least. Yeah, that, no, like, hang on, I don't, hang on. I don't to... think the audience knows about that, but Ellie Noss is a, you're a cancer survivor. Yeah. Well, I had sort of a, it's, it was it's a not cancer. Tum- like it's like, that's what it's a benign, it was a benign tumor. tumor. It was a massive bone dissolving, potentially metastasizing one in a million tumor. That if it happened probably a decade before, they might've cut your leg off. They would have. They, they absolutely would have amputated. would have amputated my leg. So you and went every, through this in what year? 2011. Oh yeah. 2011. So now the baby just came when? Uh, last year. 14. Thir- yeah. So so the experience that you had. 14? Two, how, 2013. How old the baby? Oh, a year and a half. Yeah. So the experience you had two years previous toughened you up oh, for, for, sure. for having this baby. Yeah. And it also made me, though, that's why the natural birth thing for me, it wasn't you know, a big part of it was just, I have to get MRIs and x-rays every six months. And I used to have to get it every three months and probably for the rest of my life to make sure this damn thing doesn't come back or metastasize. So I get nervous in hospital environments. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do? They they recommended bringing an eye mask. Like if you want to take a nap or something in the hospital, I guess. And I just ended up putting it on and wearing it for like eight hours. Yeah. I just, what, I'm sorry, what is an eye mask? You know, like the fuzzy eye mask you were on the plane. I just put it on. and So it's was just like a black out your eyes. I just was like, eyes. I don't want to see okay, it. Okay, when you said mask, I'm thinking it's over your mouth or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it was yeah, like a gag mask. It was a little zipper. Yeah, and no, there was like gag. chloroform yeah. in the... Okay, gag. I got it. Yeah. yeah. So now we listen, were, so you would recommend to other women hypnobirth? You would recommend this? I, mean, I would. I would definitely recommend like checking it out. I would checking check anything out, right. out. Like that's what you guys are saying is so true. Like people get super judgmental and it's super lame because I was lucky that my daughter came two weeks early. You know, we didn't have to induce. Like I was lucky that she was smaller. How much did she weigh? She was six pounds, nine ounces. Oh, that's so nice. Was, that's a nice healthy dainty. baby. And she was super healthy. And if she had come two weeks later when she was supposed to come, she would have been a lot bigger. So it would have been but harder. Wait, so where did the hypnosis, did you actually get hypnotized <laughs> while you were in the tub? This is. I listened I'm, to, so I had taken two. Yanni? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no. I listened to. No, no, no. That's how she got pregnant. Oh, yeah, that exactly. Yanni. <laughs> the um, pan flute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I took. I was able to take two hypnobirthing classes from Alicia Tamburi, who was actually, we got her as a guest on our Atomic Moms podcast, which was super awesome. Um, I was able to take two of her four classes. I also listened to a thing called Rainbow Relaxation, which is a part of hypnobirthing where you, you know, it's a way of you sort think of, of falling asleep. Yeah, it's unicorns? Like, oh, yeah. You it's so hippy-dippy out there. Kermit the Frog. It's ridiculous, but it would help me fall asleep. Rainbow. Well, that's great. The, yeah. And so it relaxed me. And I technique. played the hypnobirthing tape like 700 times in the yeah. hospital. Because oh, wow. it was something to just keep that's going so back funny. to. I would just you focus know, on I that. Okay, so it's not to... what, what stereotypically think of as hypnosis. It was more like a 
focus. I listened to um, Neil Young's Prairie Wind about 15 times (laughs) Mm -hmm. that day of my birth. Yeah, you do focus on one on one thing. But listen, was there a a part where you were going to say, "Okay, I need to have the epidural"? Were you? Yes. You 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 said to yourself that that's an option if I have to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I actually cut that out of my story because I was my story was going to be too long. But I wanted to. I should mention that while I was in the tub, my the other cool thing my doula did was she did not tell me how far along I was, um, which was beneficial for me. So every time they would check me, they would just like raise their fingers to each other. Like I, I never knew how far along I was. Okay, I'm not trying to be gross. Yeah, it they sounds... check by looking or they check by touching? They stick things up Feeling. in you. Okay, that's what yeah. I figured. And I didn't, it was so great that I didn't know because I would have had expectations of like how much longer it would be. Mm. And I'm also someone where like if I go to a workout class and they say, you know, they count down and then you only have two left, I'll like puss out before the last two. Uh, Like I'll quit right before the finish line. I see. So it was great not knowing. But I did say to her, I, if this baby's not coming soon, let me know because I will get an epidural. But she was coming soon. But she was coming. Yeah. Well, it really worked out well. And it's nice to have such a blessing on 9-11. I mean, it's, you know, kind of a neat thing in the end. Yeah. Because now it won't be such a depressing day. You'll celebrate. Yeah. I have to figure out. You can out have how like New York it. themes. I know. I'm We're going to do it. Well, I dun, can really go dun, off on that. Dun, I've got some dun, good jokes, dun, but it does not dun, feel dun. like the big apple. Uh, we've come up with jokes. No, we're going to, yeah. Go. Okay, yeah. so I'm uh, not even going to say them. Twin Towers cake. Oh, yeah. See? By the way, Too why far. do you leave go the look tub at the planes? When you're having the baby, because like our friend Wendy, I think she had the baby in the tub. Why do you leave see, the tub? Cedars will not let you do that. Oh, I see. Oh, well, that's right. Oh, I didn't even think. Yeah, you didn't have it in the water because mm-hmm. the idea was, wasn't going to drown. It's like, no, it's in liquid. Just oh, enters right. the world the into liquid. Bacteria or what? But Cedars was not up for that game. But the water did also help with um, the feel, you know, um, with the pain. It was just a nice distraction. So, yeah. but it hurt. So, and, tell me about motherhood now. How's it going? Oh, it's so good. She's a year and a half. She's obsessed with her father. Um, kind of hurts my feelings. And it's it's. Have good. you have you're gonna you made pull out a the picture? Of, like, do you know what I went through? This will be once. I know. I nursed for a year, and all she does is like, you want dad, 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 dad. Really. Yeah. I nursed for three years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Three full years. And really, I thought she'll never stop. I thought judging she'll you, never judging, stop. Judging, judging, judging. How is I'm, that judging? I'm ju- No, I'm saying I'm I want to ask you. you, did you find a lot? Do you have a lot of friends that are moms now? I do. Because when I had my baby, I didn't know any other mothers in Los Angeles. And when she was seven months old... I've told this story before, but I started the Moms Club in Los Feliz to gather moms together. Yeah. And it's still very successful. There's like 85 women in it. Uh So I was the president for two years. Oh, my gosh. I was a stay-at-home mom, yeah, for five years. And so um, I have found, like people told me, your mom friends are going to be your best friends. And I thought, you you got to be kidding me. I don't even have any mom friends. And they said, you wait. Because it really does bond you to other women. Isn't it amazing? And other families, just in terms of how are you getting through it. It absolutely does. It's so specific. And when people don't have kids, I can see Hannes, you know, they just, it just flies right over them because how could, you can't possibly understand the response. (laughs) How horrible it is. Well, no, but like the gravity, the situation, the gravity of having a child. Yes. And somebody being that dependent on you. And you know, they eat every day, Ellie. I know. They Multiple times eating. a day. They're so needy. And so you have to go to the store like 
all the time. Even when my that's one of the reasons why I breastfed for so long because I, no. I I it was easier than going to the store. It's so much yeah. easier. <laughs> no, it's true. You don't have to. But I'll tell you, it moves so quickly. It moves so quickly. Now, do you think you guys will have another another kid? I think we will. Oh, that's nice. Um, we're not trying yet, but I would like to have a boy next so I can just call it a day. But I don't. that's one of the things parents will do because there are couples, you know, that are in the midst of having more more than one kid because they're just out of nowhere they'll be like, yeah. We're trying right now. It's like I don't need to know your rate of intercourse. I don't <laughs> yeah. need to know that you are not that you're riding bareback. Leave me out of all this information that <laughs> you, you know, just I know can't help. Ovulation. You're like, yeah, I got to put my legs way up. I got to make sure <laughs> everything again, gets to the back of the cervix. It's like, women, leave me out of this. We need each other. Women really need each other because these are conversations we oh, have yeah. to have. There's so many. No, but I'm not talking about women having a conversation with each other. I'm talking about just in mixed company. In general, yeah, yeah, couples will just be like their rate of yeah, doing we're it will be right like, now. yeah, yeah, we're trying right now. Really? We were trying right before we came here. I don't believe you. Do you have any pictures? And suddenly I'm thrown out of the group. <laughs> and so and so, um, have you joined any mom's clubs or things like that? Yes, I did the pump station, which uh-huh. is like a great resource in L.A. They have a few different ones around town. I used to do it on my way back and forth from auditions to Santa yeah. Monica to Hollywood. But that's a very short period because it the is. pump it's station's like, like, it's this really high-end place where mothers can go and drop a good amount of money on things you can get a Target for a lot less. Right. So, yeah, they do have a retail. What are you saying? They have their own machines? <laughs> no, they have a well, retail they do. section. They have a retail section that I think that they, they'd they say they helps support the the space because what's neat is that they have, if you are, are interested in nursing and you need help with that, they've got like a weekly group and I think it might be $10 and you get to sit there for two and a half hours and ask an expert questions. Like, my baby's poop is bright green. Like, is there right. a problem with that? Right. So, and then and then they have mommy and me groups there, but yes, their, they their do, stuff is expensive. They're exp- well, I know yeah. that was catty, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but no. they do have some great resources in terms of helping yeah. women. If you have to, you know, you're in traffic in LA and you got to nurse your baby. You know, the baby's in the car seat behind you, right. and once again, you're the only one who's going to answer that call. And if you drive by a pump station, well, you can just pull over, yeah. take the baby in. They've got little recliners and boppies, and you can nurse your yeah. baby. This with place some sounds so hot. It's, oh my it god. Was, it was, awesome. I met so many cool moms there. It's just a very short and period, isn't it? It is. It's that first year, first year. that they do so the mommy did, me groups. I, I, and I've talked to m- m- women who like will mention at some point that they miss their breastfeeding breasts because oh, they were bigger. They were so I've wonderful. Heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard, they're it's like, so I'm true. such pain, the no, biting, I, but look at these. I hear that a lot yeah. in the back. I'm like, I'm not I turning around. I talking about this because I, t- I think I talk about my boobs every podcast that I do on Atomic Moms. So, like every time. <laughs> What's like, podcast gold? My, yeah. Well, I say that, you know, I nursed for a year because it was going to be summer and like I needed cleavage for summer. Like just <laughs> one summer of cleavage. Yeah. yeah and I got life. it. And then after that, I'm like back to I like, remember nothing. because I nursed for so long. I thought like, well, this is the way I'll always be. I'll always have yeah. these breasts. And that's not true. It, go, it does they go disappear. away. They disappear, man. It's so depressing. <laughs> but at least I got my life back. Well, let me tell, let <laughs> which is terrible. Like, I'm just thinking of all the mommy bloggers being like, ah, she said she got her life back after she stopped nursing. But it was it was nice once I when I did end, like, that I got, you know, because otherwise you're you just get so some on breaks. the clock. You get right. a break. Well, also, my hormones a, went back to normal. Like, that yeah, was right. exciting. The hormones are unbelievable. The, the, the shift in hormones. Uh, you know what the thing is, Ellie, is I've discovered as a mom is... Um, 
you know, it's cliche, but you got to spend as much time as you can when they're this little. And everybody mm-hmm. says like, well, of course, but but really, really try to pay attention to it. Because once they hit school, and I don't mean like pretend school when they're two and three, because that's mm-hmm. not school. When they hit nursery school or kindergarten, four, five, six. Yeah. It really, they're, they're not with you a lot of the time. It's very strange because there's this thing with you all the time. And then all of a sudden they're not with you eight hours a day. And then it just, strange. it's really strange. And I didn't expect that first year uh, for her to change so much. Like I thought she'd be a baby for a while. I don't know know what I was thinking. I guess I thought babies were still to child so fast, so fast. Which is silly because I've seen, I, I live on this planet and I see that four-year-olds don't look like babies. But for some reason, I thought mine would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be No, I remember with, with, uh, with Christine's child, it's like, you know, I, I was seeing her probably once a week. Maybe maybe there were some times I weren't. But just, you know, and you know that at some point this baby will talk. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't around, you know, I wasn't there the day that it happened. So it's like, and I, I think you didn't bother to tell me, not to bother to tell me you're busy, but it's like, nobody said, Oh, by the way, she's talking now. Yeah. So I just walked in to say, I'm like, hi, baby. Yeah. Hi. There's, what the fuck? You just like completely you, you didn't freaked realize out. She would talk. <laughs> no, no. I knew she would talk, but nobody had told me she started talking. That's she had been well, talking for like four days by the time so, I saw yeah. her talk. And I didn't was, know she would roll her eyes at me and say, you're so rude, mama. You're so rude. Oh, I knew that would happen. That's her new It's going to happen more. Yeah, I guess so, boy. I'll tell you, it is interesting what comes out of their mouth. You just, you, where did it come from? Yeah. We're going to play some shotgun story worthy, if that's okay oh, with cool. you. Sounds good. Uh, but before that, tell us a little bit more about Atomic Moms in terms of some of the goals you guys have for the show. Okay, so my co-host and co-creator, Bianca Kylik, who you guys know from Rules of Engagement. Right. She was on that forever, and now she's on the NBC sitcom Undateable. um, Which is Undateable, Mark. I hear that the writer of Undateable is a fine human being who never wears a shirt. the creator of Undateable never wears a shirt when birthing. Um, He's my husband, the creator of the show. Dun, dun, dun. Um, And they start airing again in March. He, she plays Cristalia's sister. Sister, right, right. And um, and so we have this awesome podcast, Atomic Moms, and we celebrate the beauty and diversity of modern parenting. Um, and we share stories of experts like Dr. Drew. Uh, we had a celebrity trainer, Steve Zim. That's a really good episode. Um, and celebrity guests like uh, Eva Murray Martino and Teresa Palmer and Claire Coffey. And um, one of my favorite episodes is actually with uh, a writer, Hillary Stamm, and she had an eight-year IVF journey. So we talk a lot about, you know, things, you know, that other people aren't talking about. Different like, ways. You mean in different terms of ways, different ways of to have babies. In different ways yeah. of having actually, babies. People and are talking about and it. People are talking about it a lot, actually. So? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, in terms of if, again, if you're pregnant or you're an early, you know, mom mm-hmm. in the early stages, yeah, there's there's choices out there. But it's it's nice to get this point of view. You guys are in L.A. Yeah, but, and I'm, I mean, we don't, we're going to also talk, about, like, but I don't think a ton of people are talking about IVF or the struggle of, like, how hard it is. Oh, I see. To have a baby. In intro, in, a lot in, of, uh, in vitro in baby. vitro baby. Oh, I can imagine. Or or um, what the other options are out there. And um, when you talk to somebody who, who's thinking about an in vitro baby, do you ever say like, well, why not adopt? Yeah. And actually one of our upcoming guests um, is an adopted 
has mm-hmm. adopted her son. And yeah, I think that that's a great... Just another option. For sure. Um, and I, I know Bianca's mentioned that she's looking into potentially adopting in the future also. Oh, wow. Um, so we talk about all that crazy stuff. It's really fun and funny, and um, we don't really know what we're doing, so we're commiserating. You're a perfect podcast team. figuring then. it out. <laughs> and and yeah, like you guys were saying earlier, nothing has really changed. We're, nobody's reinventing the wheel. Like, we don't think things are different these days. Days. And there's no recipe to having a baby. There's no recipe to having a baby. There's no recipe to raising a baby. Uh, there's there's some good tips on raising a baby, I'll say that. <laughs> but, no, you know, are. you can take, pick and choose what you want. Basically, we're not, um, we don't have any crazy agenda other than we want to present to moms, like, a bunch of different viewpoints. Yeah. And pick and choose what you like. And, um, and I don't, you know, there's no holier than thou. I said the other day, which is probably embarrassing, but I said, I don't want, um, I I feel like I should get a participation award just for keeping her alive. So like, (laughs) you know, a whole nother appreciation for mothers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard parents say that too. Like at the end of the day, they still alive. Awesome. My job is done here. My job is done here. Good. 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 Hey, listen, you want to play some shotgun story worthy? can only mean one thing. It's time for Shotgun Storyworthy. The game where our storyteller spins the storyworthy wheel of truth and tells a true one-minute story about the topic it lands on. So everybody, say it with me. Spin that wheel! Okay, school days. Okay. Um, when I think of school days, the first thing I think of is my first year of college. Um, I was very excited about going far, far away from home. I grew up in Texas and I was going to Massachusetts and I got a letter in the mail that my roommate was from California. And I thought, oh my God, this will be perfect. She probably surfs. I call. Uh, she doesn't answer the phone. A month later in July, she gets back to me and she says, hi, my parents said that I probably shouldn't tell you where I was. Um, but I was in the hospital because I overdosed on aspirin, but you know, yeah, let's, let's talk about where we're, you know, rooming together and da, da, da. And I thought we were going to be talking about like, you know, who was going to bring the lamps. So we get to college and she was so awesome and very nice, but she was super into anime and on her desktop computer, she had an anime drawing of a girl with a gun to her head. And and she said to me, when I found out you were from Texas, I cried. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah, because I figured you loved Bush. And I was like, oh, well, when I found out that you tried to commit suicide, I was really excited about living together. <laughs> Yay! Wait a minute. So, so was she mentally? I she mean, was bipolar, okay, unfortunately. Did, and then what did she? She ended up slitting her wrists in our dorm room. And hmm. she died. No, she's fine. She's good now. Okay. Um, we're Facebook friends. Wait a minute. So she, you were rooming with her. Yeah. And one day you come home from class or how does it go down? Yeah. So what was really bizarre is that my college had, the dorm had singles. Like there was no reason mm-hmm. for us to be sharing a room when she had a prior history too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But unless they wanted someone to look out for her, which it wouldn't really be the job of or an 18 year old across. didn't 
call the school and go, oh, by the way, my why. daughter is uh, that's a great point. bipolar. That's, <clears throat> why don't that's we a great uh, point. give her so a So then single. what happened? So I was, um, I was actually visiting my boyfriend at the nearby college. I came back the next day and she was gone. And the school wouldn't tell me why because they were worried about legal reasons. Yeah. But my friends were like, yeah, you know, she had an episode. She really freaked out. She, I guess she... Well, I don't. So this is so tricky because it's like someone's life. So I don't want to share too much. But she, you know, slit her wrist. And then um, the school was like, you have to get treatment. So she left. But then her uh, belongings stayed in the dorm room for months. Oh, that's so hard. And so I was like living in this like living museum of my roommate who is now getting treatment. And the college wasn't dealing with it. Um, They didn't want to acknowledge it. What college was this? Um, what? No, okay, no. well, so you can find out. Smith College. Yeah. Which was great. And, you know, they have a lot, a lot of, it's also, we're sister still. Sister to Harvard, is that right? Sister no. to Yale. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, Sylvia Plath went there. So we've oh, got a, we've got a, we've got a, there's a lot of anybody gets out alive. A lot of very, uh, very smart. Intellectual. Smart, poetic, uh, um, brooding women. Souls. Yeah. 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 How did you escape oh my the God, Texas that's accent? That's easy pickings for a guy who's like, hello, ladies. Well, yeah. Exactly. I understand you all have low self-esteem. Yeah. Well, I dated like the entire lacrosse team at Amherst. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weirdest slutty brag I've ever heard. Uh, you know, I banged the whole the lacrosse team. team. Yeah. So it's so, there's it's a so word, Ivy League. There's a phrase you know for it. Laxitude. Is oh, Laxitude. No, that's not true. I had a serious boyfriend there for two years. Who's the captain? Oh, brother. Of the lacrosse team, not the rowing uh-huh. team. Not the rowing team. Yeah. I don't think Amherst didn't have rowing. But yeah. How did Smith you did. escape the uh, the Texas accent? Uh, my parents are uh, from the Midwest. I see. So, and, and inside the loop in Houston, where I grew up, if you're inside the loop, you don't have an accent. And if you're from the suburbs, you have an accent. But if you get me drunk, <laughs> I have an accent. Interesting. Yeah. Oddly enough, it's Norwegian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Norwegian, your name is, you are pronouncing it currently. Nos. But it should be pronounced. Knaus. Knaus. I, yes. I have a friend in Pittsburgh and it's Knaus. So why That's don't amazing. you say Knaus? Because my grandfather, when he was in kindergarten, they said, you don't say knife, you say knife. You don't say Knaus, <laughs> you say Nos. Wow. So they did that. And then I thought, you know, I hate this last name. I hate it. Everyone says Canis. It's awful. It's so nasally. Um, and unfortunately, I married a man with the last name Stekiel. S Z T Y K I E L, which has got to be can you? you can't win. So complicated. Yeah. It's horrible. So now I go. But I knew it should have been pronounced because Sabrina is wonderful. Sabrina Wells, Stiky. Whole family that I uh, uh, went to school with, uh, the Knutsons. <laughs> that's right, like Matt Knutson. We yeah, know him. Yeah, it's like it's the proper. That's that's how you're supposed to. And people are like ugh, they look at you like you're an idiot. By the way, did they say it's not kindergarten? It's kindergarten. Uh, so <laughs> All right, stupid. you guys. We so got stupid. Right about so now. stupid. All right, bad pun. Let's Ellie, thank you show. so much for coming on, thank and congratulations guys. on Atomic Moms, and continued Thanks. luck with that. It's really Thanks. great. You'll Thanks. always have an audience. Absolutely. People will always be breeding. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) All right, you guys. I want to thank everybody here at Sideshow Network, including Maria Spertalozzi. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, Andrew. Pay attention over there. 
We've pregnant. got an an intern in in the room right now, Han, is Andrew with the last name Stephen. Not not Stevens, not with an S. It's Andrew Stephen. Two words. Andrew Stephen, much like uh, Andrew Stevens, I believe, was an actor in the eighties. And he like was our in the original cast, of good Baywatch. friend John Thomas Griffith. It's just no three idea names in is. a row. Thank you to him for writing the theme song, and of course, on behalf of our storyteller tonight, Ellie Noss. Thank you so much for coming. Kanas, Kanas, Kanas. And on behalf of you, Hannes Finney, my dear friend and co-host. My name is Christine Blackburn saying, make it a story-worthy week. Thanks for joining us on the Storyworthy Podcast. We'll be back next week with all new stories. Subscribe to Storyworthy on iTunes and visit the Storyworthy website at storyworthypodcast.com.